What's up? Morning, studio. Morning. Welcome to another show. We are not a rerun today, unless they played this as a rerun later, like next year. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, but right now we're not. We are not, a, but, but if we played it again, even you saying that. <laughs> Makes no sense. We are not a rerun. Uh, Caitlin in Virginia is on the phone. Hey, Caitlin, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. What can we do for you? Well, did you guys see that Jimmy Allen missed the late show because Southwest delayed his flight so much? I did not see that. He missed the, which one? Um, Colbert or I mean, just I one of those shows, right? Yeah, one of those shows. He tweeted and said he'll be back later this morning to come back and be on the show. But Southwest delayed his planes that much. And I knew uh, Lunchbox talked about artists flying regular versus private. And look look what happened. Oh. Wait, so what's your point? <laughs> <laughs> he should have flown private. Caitlin, are you saying that yeah. Jimmy Allen shouldn't have been messing around and just should have got on a private plane? No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that it got delayed and he missed something important. So, okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on the point here. Are you Is your point to let Lunchbox know that major artists fly... Uh, commercial, and, mm-hmm. and that he should realize that not everybody's flying private. That's my point. Got it. Okay. Lunchbox, you're But dog. such a big event. He's going to do something huge. You would think they'd put him on a private jet to get him up there and make sure he's there. Who would? A uh, record label. He would. I mean, Okay, this, possibly a record label. Okay, I could see that. I mean, this I don't is, think he's going to pay $25,000 to go up and do a show. <laughs> That's about what that would cost. Because the odds of him not making it on Southwest or a flight are slim. Like and he, not only that... You don't get you don't get paid for that. Uh, you get paid by the people that see it on TV. They start going to your concerts. They download your albums. Yes. I mean, the exposure that he would have got would have been worth twenty five thousand. Download your Dow. album. Twenty five thousand. Yeah, don't you get it on iTunes? Uh, people don't really use iTunes anymore. <laughs> oh. I mean, a very very limited amount of people use Stream iTunes it. now. But now it's streaming. Same difference. And so now too, when people like have a song that comes out, like I'm number one on iTunes. It's like yeah, eleven people. That's all. I, I mean, anybody can be number one on iTunes at this point. Streaming's a whole different ballgame. But he's right, though. That's why they go on these shows, right? For, for promotion. Yeah. But I don't know that it's as heavy as it used to be because mm. everything is so fragmented. Who's watching or listening to anything? Yeah. Um, but I, I do like your point. Her point is, Jimmy Allen, other artists fly commercial. Not everybody just hops on a private jet to go places. It's crazy to me. My, mind blown. Just I'm sure at some point in his career, he's ha- he's yes, flown I'm private, sure he- but it's not every... I mean, you've Keith Urban fly, has been seen flying Southwest. We saw, I saw that Keith you? Urban at the airport. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> they called him over the speaker. They were like, uh, Keith Urban to uh, Terminal... And I'm like, no chance that's the real... Because <laughs> he was late. And then here he goes sprinting by, his hair <laughs> flopping in the breeze. Uh, Caitlin, thank you for that call. I hope you have a, a Merry Christmas. Same to you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Uh, so lunchbox, there you have it. Jimmy Allen flies commercial. Hey, sorry, Jimmy. You need to step up your game, man. You won't miss things. <laughs> That's your thing. Sorry, Jimmy. Step up your yeah, game. Yeah, like I mean, really, if you want to be a big artist, you got to fly private. That, that's not. We just said a huge artist that still flies commercial at times. I'm sure Keith flies private at times too. But sometimes, if you run look at the numbers, it's, sometimes it's being responsible and being like, "Well, this is ridiculous. Why would we pay that much?" Also, if I see someone posting on Instagram that they are on a private jet. I'm like, okay, they don't fly private that often. No, if they're was- like flexing, like, look at me, I'm on, a, I'm flying somewhere. Nobody that flies, it's like, really rich people don't have to show off they're rich. But some people that do post flying private do fly private all the time. Not in the country music world. If no. I see it, I'm like, I just assume they're flying it all the time because I see them posting it all the time. 
If I see it, I'm like, okay, so why are you trying to show up? And I don't know if Garth flies private, but do you ever yes! see him post on a private jet? No. He, he's talked about, right, you never see him Never. Post. He was given that plane after he did his Vegas residency. There he told you us go. on this show. But do you ever see Garth on <laughs> in an Instagram being like, never. Just on my jet, living life, YOLO, baby. <laughs> no, because he doesn't need Hashtag to. Blessed. He doesn't need to. <laughs> Do you see, ever see Kenny Chesney on, Chesney on a jet? No, but he's got a nice yacht, though. Because he probably flies on the jet all the time. It's not a big deal for him to take a picture of it. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get started with today's show. Thank you guys for being here. We got a good one for you today. Uh, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN will be on later. Yes. He's also a voice in a uh, new children's movie on Paramount+. Plus. We'll talk to him. Let's get started now. Bobby Bone Show. Let's open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. My husband finally agreed that it's time we redid our bathroom, but he wants to do it himself. There's a problem. He is not as handy as he thinks he is. That's funny. I mean, that's me right this, there. That's funny. <laughs> this will be a major renovation, and as much as I love the guy, I don't think he has the skills for the job. I tried talking to him about it, but he's confident he can do it. How can I stop him before he becomes the bigger, more expensive problem? Signed, Kara. Okay, Eddie, you're laughing over there. Let me tell you something. It was hard for me to hear my wife. I think it was maybe like a year ago. She goes, something broke, and she's like, look. I just don't want, you don't want to do all the work. It's going to be a lot of work for you. I know you can do it. I know you can, oh. but let's just hire a handyman to do it and get it over with. Were you insulted? I was at first. I'm like, no, I can do it and we'll save money. But then I start. I mean, I fell for it. I was like, well, you're right. I'd rather sit down and watch football instead of work on the, the door all day or whatever. So I fell for it. Now that it happened, look, pride, it's it's all your pride. It's going to hurt your pride, his pride a little bit that there's a handyman doing it and not, not him, but he's probably going to do the handyman's probably gonna do it right. It's you don't have to do anything, and your wife's gonna be happy. So it's a there's no reason for the man to do the work. Well, to save money. I'm telling you, he's gonna do it wrong, dude. I do it wrong all the time. <laughs> I put a door on, and it took me like two hours. Next thing you know, the door handle was on the wrong side. <laughs> it's like it was a lot of work, and it wasn't even good. Amy, your thoughts? Oh yeah, no, Mm-mm. nope. You just need to hire somebody. He needs to face the fact that, like, this is not a project he needs to take on. If if he was handy, okay, fine. But you're saying he's not the handiest. He doesn't know he's not as, as handy. He thinks he's handy. Well, then I don't know if you tr- do it like Eddie's wife did and you do this lie where it's like, <laughs> I know you're fully capable of this and it would be a beautiful bathroom, but <laughs> you would rather, wouldn't you rather watch football? It worked on me. I'm a big net gain guy, mm-hmm. meaning I think it's going to hurt his feelings a little bit. Sure. But his net gain will be significantly higher yes. if he's not doing it. And you have to explain that to him. I know it stinks, but we're also going to be gone some. We want this to happen. We want it to be insurance efficient. What if she said, I'd rather have that time with you, Ooh, you and me? That's good. I don't know that that's a big selling point for him. Really? <laughs> what if she I, makes some other guarantees? Okay, now, wah, wah, wah. Amy's got us into a whole whole different channel on the... We do we're in like the 800s on the channel changer now. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I would say, though, you could throw in like the football stuff. Hey, wouldn't you rather be watching football? <laughs> it's okay to tease football, but not something else. <laughs> that will work. You're threatening the something else, though. I don't like that part. <laughs> I wasn't threatening. <laughs> I was threatening. I was just bringing that as an option. But that means every- I thought that mine got shut down, but football is more appealing. <laughs> because football is always there. Uh-huh. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say 
you have to have that slightly uncomfortable conversation while explaining to him you think he could do the job. You just think it's better if we hire someone because we're going to be gone. We need it done in a certain amount of time. Isn't it interesting that we have to like keep making sure y'all know you could do it. You could do it. Why can't we just be like, listen. You can't do it. You probably wouldn't <laughs> You're gonna do mess it up. this very well. And we're going to end up spending way more money. Well, you could do that. And it's going to cause fights. And his feelings are going to be hurt. Yeah. But I think we're all trying to get through life with as least conflict as possible. Right. And that's what's happening here. But we do the same thing with you guys. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, that dress looks nice on you. <laughs> Doesn't really, but I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> wow. Okay. It is a back and forth. Okay. But Kara, we think you should tell him this is not the job for you. Yeah. I like you working on smaller things. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oof. Uh, good luck. Good luck. All right. <laughs> if you want to email us, Morgan, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Poppy Harlow. Poppy, how are you? Hey, Bobby. I'm great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us. And I want to start with talking about the kids' book, which we're promoting right now, called The Biggest Little Boy. Oh, thanks. Yeah, tell me first, why write a kids' book? Uh, Well, I thought I'd start with the kids' book. We'll see what comes after. No, here it is, The Biggest Little Boy, A Christmas Story. Thank you for having me. What a joy. Your story is amazing, by the way. So I hope we can turn the table one day and have you on our show on CNN. Uh, Look, this story happened. Luca, my little son, who's three and a half now, when he was a baby, almost pulled over this huge Christmas tree uh, in a Christmas tree market in Brooklyn where we live. And I, when the ensuing chaos ended, I thought that's a great kids book to teach kids. There's joy in little things. We don't need all this big stuff. And so I put pen to paper and an amazing team made it happen, but it's been like two and a half years in the making. So it sounds like it's a, it's a Christmas book, but there's a, a bigger message than just totally. about a tree. What What is this overarching message here that you think kids will get from it? The message that I hope they get is, I, you know, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. And so um, I look, I'm trying to raise kids in New York City and teach them that they don't need all this big stuff and try to bring some of what I grew up with in Minnesota to New York City. So that's the lesson is there's joy in little things and we don't need all these big things. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, how you grew up and where you grew up to now, I would think that as you were getting, uh, you know, having more success in your career, you were like, man, if I can just get this this anchor job and make more money, I would just be happier if I could just move to New York City. And then you get there, and I've, I've experienced this in my life too because I grew up extremely poor and going, man, if I could just... But, you know, the more you get it isn't actually the happier you are, and it's taken me this long to learn that. Yeah. Oh, you nailed it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you lost your mom at 49. Is that right? Uh, yeah, she was in her 40s when she died. That's correct. And my, and my dad was 49 when he died, and that's the reason I bring this up is because... That's what it taught me. Life is so short. And when he died, no one talked about the, he was a lawyer, the cases that he won or, you know, money that he made. He, they talked about the effect he had on them and the person he was. Right. And so with such a short life possible for, for so many of us and life being so precious, I wanted to send the message that like the joy is not in the stuff, the joy is in the being. You know, with this book, how close, the, the illustration, does it look like your son? No, 
No, so this is, for people who can see us, this is illustrated by the remarkable Ramona Kalitsky. I'm not, like, she made this book sing. She blew me away. She made the story come off the pages and come alive. This does not look like Luca. Luca has blonde hair. Uh, our family in this book is a mixed race family. And I wanted, look, I, it looks like our block in Brooklyn. It looks like my kid's school. I wanted more children to see themselves in this book and to think that could be me. That could be my family. Does he think it's cool that his name, how old is Luca now? No. Okay. Luca does not think the book is cool. Luca is three and a <laughs> half. And when I tried to read it to him, he said, I want the dinosaur book. Sienna, my five and a half year old is furious that the book's not about her. So note to parents, do not write a book just about one of your children. And they have zero interest in small Christmas trees and want an enormous one. So on the par- parenting front, I have failed. Did you make a promise to Sienna that if you did another kid's book, she would be involved? There is a book coming out about Sienna, so she can uh, hold her breath for a few years and it'll be there. You know, with your your, your job as being a, a really respected uh, journalist, news anchor, you know, depending on, on what you're doing, you have interviewed a lot of CEOs. What are billionaires like in person? <laughs> different. They're all different from one another, okay? So... I have met some of the most humble billionaires in the world, um, like Warren Buffett, who it's been one of the great privileges of my career to be able to interview him over the last decade, multiple times. And then I've met not so humble billionaires. I, what I will, what I will say is that money is not what defines them. It's their humanity. Right. And like, I can tell within an instant when I sit down with one, how they're going to be. And what interest do they take in the people around them and not just in their own success? But I'll tell you, like, I mean, I interviewed Warren Buffett first when I was like in my 20s. I had just started here at CNN and I was terrified. And I walked up to him at a conference and I said, I'm Poppy. You have no idea who I am, but can I get five minutes with you? And it was in the middle of the financial crisis. And he said, yes. So I, you know, him saying yes and the, the, you know, not being scared to just ask has really driven a lot of my career because what's the worst thing that can happen? They can say no. All right, next, move on. Have you interviewed Zuckerberg? I have interviewed Mark Zuckerberg. Not recently. I've been trying to interview him, obviously, recently, um, but they're not really doing any interviews right now. But that's an important interview. I hope he sits down with me or someone soon and answers some important questions. Can you confirm he is a real human? He is. I interviewed him in his house. So he has a home. Okay, I'm, I'm starting to believe he could be a real human being. Wow. He is. Um, is it true? And I, I, I saw this, so forgive me if this question is inappropriate or gross that you had to wear a diaper when you interviewed yes! me. Oh, okay. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't even, cause when I saw this, I was like, I don't even know if I want to ask this, but I have, okay. Is I it, let me finish this. Is it true? You had to wear a diaper to interview Ruth Bader Ginsburg because it was days after giving birth. This is true. I had Luca, uh, in February of 2018 and my college had secured this interview with this late Supreme court justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and asked me to do it. And I said, I cannot do it. I'll be having a baby a few days before that, I think. And they said, are you really saying no to a sitting Supreme Court justice? And I said, I guess I am. And my husband said, what are you doing? What am I chopped liver? I can't take care of the baby for a few hours while you go do this interview uptown in New York. And I said, you're right. So I have my husband to thank for making me realize it's possible to do. And yes, women, if you're watching and listening, you know what it's like after you have a baby, okay? So yes, I was wearing basically an adult diaper and a like size large rented skirt 
that would fit because you still look like half pregnant. And I got to interview the remarkable RBG. And Bobby, I am so obviously she's passed and I'm so glad that I finally said yes. I'm so glad I have a husband who encouraged me to say yes. And now I'm in law school. So there, that's what you get for that. <laughs> you know, I'll ask about that too, because you've taken a break from the desk and you've gone back to school yeah. and, and more so than I, I wonder about your ambition or drive, because I know that's there. I, my mind goes to, do people take pictures of you on campus with their, no. like their they don't, they don't. <laughs> No, they don't. Um, I'm in the middle of studying for finals. I kid you not. This is my preparation guide for my final exam Wednesday. And here is my one of many way too heavy law books. <laughs> um, they do not take pictures of me. The students treat me like they treat everyone else. They're amazing. They're like so sweet. They invite me to their Zoom study groups. I have one later tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I went to look. Look, RBG helped inspire this in me. I'm doing a one-year program for um, for journalists at, at Yale Law School, I wanted to learn more like deeply about the Constitution and and the laws that govern our country, especially given the last few years. So as the daughter of a lawyer, I thought, OK, let's try this. What is it like to your team when they go and you go, hey, I'm going to go back to school? Are they completely <laughs> supportive? Or are they like, what? Beyond, beyond. So the head of CNN, Jeff Zucker, is an amazing not only boss, but human he didn't even blink. He said, you have to go. You have to go. You have to go. I will make it possible. I said, how are you going to make it possible? I have to anchor, you know, my show, our show with Jim, my buddy, five days a week. I can't do that and get, you know, go up to New Haven for class. He said, we'll make it work. And he made it work. So I, I'm anchoring every holiday, every day I don't have class. I'm basically anchoring. Um, and then I'll be back full time in the anchor desk when I graduate in May. Let me say to our listeners, if you're looking for a, a, a kid's book, also a Christmas book that, that covers them both, The Biggest Little Boy. And I'm assuming that people can get this on Amazon or bookstore. Where can they get it exactly? Yes, everywhere. Your independent bookstore, go support your independent bookstore in your neighborhood. They should have it. If they don't, please ask them to order it. Amazon has it. Our website, my social media has the link. It was a fun project and a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, Bobby. This is the first I've heard that Amazon's not an independent bookstore because I've been led astray then. Have you? Yes. Have you met uh, Bezos? I have met Jeff Bezos. I have I have been at a dinner, a CEO dinner, a lot of billionaires at the dinner where he was. Uh, and I, I tried to get an interview with him. We did a whole, uh, my colleague Jessica Small and I did a whole documentary on Amazon and tried to get an interview with him for it. We didn't, but I interviewed Andy Jassy for it, and he's the new CEO of Amazon, who was who was a great and fascinating interview. So does he maybe go, I'll go to space. Yeah, does maybe he go to I'll space? That's who space I want. Goes. I want the space people. Okay, uh, Poppy Harlow, thank you. You guys check out The Biggest Little Boy. It's a story inspired by her own son and has a message that hopefully will inspire you and your kids the same. Uh, Poppy, it's been a real treat. Thank you, and hopefully I will see you soon. See you soon. Thanks, Bobby. Bye-bye. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30-second skinny. Ryan Hurd shared how he learned about his Grammy nomination from his wife, Maren Morris. I was actually playing golf when I found out. Uh, Maren called, and she'll usually text me when I'm out there, but she was calling, and, and so I picked it up, and, and she was the first one to tell me that we were nominated together. And uh, 
I made a double bogey on the hole because I couldn't concentrate anymore. Casey Musgraves shared her favorite Christmas gifts she's gotten from her mom. My mom is a wonderful visual artist and painter and she just kind of works her magic with all different kinds of mediums and anything she comes up with is really special and I've gotten several really great handmade presents from her. One of them was a portrait of my dog Pearl, my three-legged dog. It was just the most realistic, beautiful painting of her. Luke Bryan talked about his family's special Christmas tradition. We have a pajama night and we do chili dogs on Christmas Eve. We've always done that. My mother comes up and we go shop. She makes me go shop with her, so we have to pick out all the right stuff. Anytime you can come up with fun traditions and hold true to them, it's pretty special. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So having your car stolen, never fun, but if your dog is also inside the car and then now your dog is missing, it just makes everything even worse. Mm. Well, they found the car abandoned down the road. So like, yeah, he got his car back, but his dog was still missing. So it was awful. Well, he was able to use social media, put up signs, posted about it everywhere. Everyone got on board and a man was out and about and found the dog in the park, got it back to the owner and everyone's doing good now. I wonder if the person that stole the car was like, I gotta let the dog out for I sure. I don't know. Like yeah, drove maybe. a few blocks down the road and was like, Scruffy, get out. Open the door and yeah. like. Or maybe the dog bit him. I don't think that happened. Well, that'd be cool though, Amy. Yeah, I know. Because I don't know that the guys been arrested said they found the car abandoned the next day. So Stripped or? I don't know. No, you don't have. I don't have. I guess I do care more about the dog than the car, oddly. <laughs> yeah. The car absolutely. was in When my house got robbed and I was like, uh oh. The first thing I thought was my dog. And I went upstairs, and they had left my dog alone when they robbed my house. Good. Didn't do it. I mean, they could have shot him. Yeah. Let him out. They could have done anything. But they left my dog. And a little bit of me was like, man, that's the one thing I'm glad they didn't mess with. And everything else could have been replaced. I did have, you know, that Picasso painting. Okay. (laughs) The million dollars. I file now with insurance. Uh, That's a great story. They found the dog. The car, who cares? You can replace it. That's it. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Let's go talk to Jenna in Iowa. Jenna in Iowa is on the phone. Hello, Jenna. Good morning. Good morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Uh, Up for grabs for Jenna. Our very last pack of crap from the back. Whoa. She can win it right here. And I'm going to throw in a Beanie Baby for my personal collection that's sitting behind me. This is huge. This is a huge prize pack. (laughs) Wow. Jenna, how's your morning going? It's going really well. I'm sitting here with my puppy, Benji. Okay. Well, let's play. Is it a Hallmark movie or did we make it up? Christmas game. We played this last week. We're going to give it another run here. Jenna, you can team up with somebody on the show. Amy, Lunchbox, Eddie, Morgan. And all you have to do is decide if the plot of this Hallmark movie is a real movie or if we just made it up. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Who would you like to partner with? Morgan. Okay. Morgan has been selected. All right. Amy, to be fair, you didn't win the last round. Yeah. You won and when I we th- did. threw one. It. No. You, yes, you, you still won. But you won because I was being extra charitable. Yeah, but we couldn't miss any. We only missed one. <laughs> when you can't miss any. You missed two. No, you, you missed two. Yeah, oh. you get two out, of <laughs> two out of three. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. Okay. Morgan, you have to get two out of three right, okay? Okay. And you guys will work together as a team. I'll read you the title and description of a movie. You tell me if it's real or fake. Ready. Number one. The movie's called Rebel Without a Clause, as in Santa Claus. Jasmine has fallen in love with Anthony. The only problem is Anthony's a man who cannot be tamed. 
She tries to wrangle him into spending Christmas with the family, and in doing so, she uncovers a dark secret from his past. Rebel Without a Clause. Uh, Jenna, you and Morgan talk about this? Jenna, what do you think? So this sounds a little bit more like sketchy Lifetime than cozy Hallmark. What about you? I'm feeling the same. I've heard that movie t- title before, but not in this, like, that same storyline. So I'm thinking that it's fake. We're also purposefully yeah, not going to so use a different title and, like, mix it up. I know. It's a real title. If we title. accidentally do, though, yeah. we don't, we're not doing that on purpose. But it's a different movie line. Yeah. Disney movie. <laughs> um, so I think I do. I'm with you. This is too twisted for Hallmark unless it was on, like, Movies and Mysteries. But going straight Christmas, I'm with you, Jenna. So you lock it in for us. Yes. It's fake, Bobby. All right, Jenna's locked in for fake. That movie is fake. Woo! Yay! Wow. Good job, Morgan. All right. Let's do another one here. How about Slay My Name, Slay My Name? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this one. Kelly Rowland of Destiny Child plays a pop star that goes home for the holidays for the first time in 10 years. There she reconnects with her high school sweetheart and finds a love for the holidays. Slay my name, slay my name. I mean, that sounds good. Like, I would watch that on a Hallmark. Oh, Jenna, I don't know. What are you feeling? So, Morgan, I've never seen this, but it sounds legit. Like, the whole going home for the holidays, reconnecting with the old, like, high school boyfriend. Like, that's pretty much Hallmark classic formula. So I feel like our odds are in our favor, and we just say it's real. Yes, and because they've also been getting, like, celebrity appearances. Hallmark has been doing that yes, lately. Yes, that's, that, that's a thing that they do. Yes, Fabi, it's real. Finally, answer. You're locked in. <laughs> yes. Slay my name. Slay my name is fake. Dang it. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> you were so confident, Morgan. I know. I felt really good about that one. I was like, I would watch it, so they probably did it. Okay. It all comes down to this one, guys. Okay. A Town Square Christmas 2. After living out her dream of opening up a candle shop in her small hometown, Rebecca is now ready to open up her heart again for love. She meets a handsome new man in town who's also there to open up a business of his own just in time for the holidays. A <sighs> town square Christmas to candle shop, hometown, meets a guy, open up a business. Bobby, I was waiting for you to like continue on with the description. You kind of left out a cliffhanger. I'm like, within what happens? Um, I don't want to spoil the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, what do you think? I, I feel like I've watched this before, but the two throws me because, like, did they make a second one that's possible? Yeah. I don't know. What would make it special enough to be a sequel? Yeah, I agree. I know. I feel like this is a trick question. But I, I feel what like it's true question? because who just throws a two on there for no reason? <laughs> Bobby, that two. Oh, or Mike wow. B, I guess. <laughs> I know. Gosh, this one could go 50-50, but I do feel like I know this plot from Hallmark. Like, I've watched a movie with this plot but I don't know if that's the name, and I don't know if they made a second one. I think that we should go with your gut, and I trust you, and we should just say it's real and just roll with it. Okay, I'm very sorry if I get it wrong. But All right, you guys are going it's, it's okay. real? I think, yes, final answer. All right, she's, uh, she's locking it in. A Town Square Christmas 2 is fake. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, That sounds like won. the plot to You've Got Mail. This game is harder than you I had it with three fakes. <laughs> I had it with fake, fake, fake. Okay. Listen, it's the Christmas spirit. I'm going to give you one more shot. Okay? If you get this one, you can win the crap from the back and the the beanie baby of your choice. Okay. (sighs) This one's called Christmas CEO. The CEO of a small toy company receives a -a once-in-a-lifetime offer to 
to merge with a toy mega corporation, but needs her estranged ex-business partner to sign on the dotted line. Well, now I'm scared because all three of them have been fake. So now I'm just like, they're all fake. Oh, but now I think I've seen this. Jenna? Well, I'm having deja vu morning. You said that you've seen this. these movies. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it sounds real. And I just, although my gut had kind of lied to me this morning, I think that we should just, I mean, what do you think? I mean, listen, it's very possible. He, he's hitting us with all four fakes right now, and I'm really not sure how to go right <laughs> now. Never judge what I'm doing based off any theory of how I'm doing it. <laughs> I know. Jenna, I mean, I want to say it's real. I just want to have faith that something of these is real because they sound real. But yeah, I don't want to lose this for you. That, 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 I feel like that's common, so I feel like maybe those odds are helping us. I don't know. Let's just say real and just rip off the Band-Aid. Do it, I really, Jenna. I really, have, I, really, I really have faith. I really want that baby baby. <laughs> okay. I, I, hey, you got the final call. Bobby, it's real. Locked in. Oh, no. He's Come smiling. He's I, don't, smiling. I, don't, I don't feel like that's a good uh, thing. But he might be doing the smile to fake happy. you out. Yeah, because he, he's you... happy because he busted you guys. <laughs> I don't know. He it could fake, go fake, either fake, way. Fake. He's too <laughs> happy right now. He, he, he went back to back to back to back fakes. You're still trying to read him, guys. You never know. Christmas CEO. Oh, it's fake, fake, fake. <laughs> That's fake, fake, fake. Oh. It's hit. What fake. do you think it is, Amy? Fake. Christmas CEO is real. Oh! Yeah! Good job, Jenna. Good job, Morgan. Okay, hey, Ray, can you, uh, do you have the crap in the back? Can you tell her what she's won or? Steve's got it. Yeah, I got it right here. We got her a DVD of The Suicide Squad. Oh, the movie. Okay. Uh, a DVD of Kip Moore, a little bandana, Pippin Joy shirt, Trisha Yearwood, cookbook, and Telestrations from the op game. Oh, that's okay. cool. And oh, let's yeah, go back to that. the Beanie Baby pile here because I have so many of these. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'll pull a few of them here. Pick from the bag that's uh, the, the thicker bag because the other bag's got the good ones. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> okay. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> I just grabbed from a bag. The Dalmatian's I ha- good. I have a Dalmatian because you are with your dog. Oh, you can have cute. that one. Or. Awesome. Or there's a ghost one. That's in a, you can save this for Halloween next year. Or the dolphin. I have a dolphin one. So it's up to you. Would you like the, the dog, the ghost, or the dolphin? The dog, please, Bobby. Thank you so much. Or, oh, there's a this is oh, our this is our last show here. I can give you the Christmas one that's been sitting on my desk. That's cool. Oh, that would be awesome. Thanks, Bobby. But you probably won't get it. Can you I, sign can, it for me? Can, yeah, I can sign it for you. Can we get this to her before Christmas? It depends on our postal service. Well, then we'll give it. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, we'll send it out today and I will send you. Heck, I'll send you two of them. I'll send you the dog and the Christmas one. Thanks, Bobby. You All just right. made my whole holiday season. Nice. Now you can make mine. Jenna, how do you feel? Oh, I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. Oh, yeah! All right, we finally got one. All right, all right. Hey, Scuba, I can give her this Christmas one, right? Yeah, it's fine, yeah. It's too late now. Why? Uh, All all the bear ones are really, they're pretty valuable. Oh, well, that's cool. So should I not sign this one then, just send it to her? I wouldn't sign that one, just, just in case, you know, if she wants to sell it at some point. Okay, then I will sign the dog one. Scooby's yeah, so the dog sad. one's fine, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what's it worth, a million? I don't know. Two Scooby, million. Scooby is beat up right now. Yeah. I feel like this year we should have made a Christmas card, Caitlin and I, because other friends are sending Christmas cards. They don't have kids yet. And I'm like, dang, we missed out. But also, I'm getting so many Christmas cards, I don't know what to do with them all. Because mm-hmm. here's what I've been doing, looking at them, letting Caitlin look at them, taking it in our hearts, throwing them away. 
what should we be doing with them? Well, you can do whatever you want. Some people do exactly that. Some people hang them up till after the holidays and then they get rid of them. Some people, I mean, that's what we're doing. <laughs> some people display them for the holidays and then they get one of those big um, rings. You know what I'm talking about? Like the teachers used to put note cards on, like a big silver ring that you can add cards to and they get a hole puncher and they punch a hole and they do a ring for each year. And oh. that way they have like all the years of... I like mean, a lot of clutter, huh? <laughs> well, no, it's just if you're sentimental that way. I do I don't appreciate do that, them. But... I do read them. I do take them in, but I don't go back and re-reference them. Yeah. But we need to make one, and then people can throw them away immediately. And I'm okay with that. Are you getting a lot of cards? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot. I typically dispose of them at the end of the year. One card I did get this year that I thought was interesting was a couple that was together, similar to you and Caitlin, except for they're not married, and they've only been dating two months. They even only met each other in October. So they have known each other and been dating for a total of two months and sent out a Christmas card together. That's Which, weird. Yeah, I couldn't they, decide. I don't know. I just thought, well, that's interesting. But I wouldn't some even people, go Instagram official at two months, much less send out a Christmas card. Yeah, I felt like that was pretty strong. But some people get married after knowing each other two months. So, But are they those people? Did they get married? They're not even engaged yet. But they did send out a Christmas card together. Two months is pretty quick, huh? Yeah. Very quick. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I've been married now. We didn't send out a card. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't do cards, but when I've been married 15 years. You don't do cards at all? No, even no. when we got kids. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, there's two types of people. <laughs> those that send out cards and That's those right. that don't. Yeah. Are you ready? No, I never have. Lunchbox? Probably never No, will. no, oh, no we, chance. We suck, guys. Yeah, I know. We're just like <laughs> not Pulling the room? People. We're, we're bad know. people. Uh, Lunchbox called a, a tree lot because his Christmas tree is already dead, and he's looking for a refund or to exchange it for a new tree. Mm. So... You tell him you didn't water the tree, so it died? Yeah. And you see if they give you another one? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here's Lunchbox calling the Christmas tree farm. Tree uh, Yeah, man, this is Jason Gibble, and I got a problem, man. I came in there last week, and I got an eight-footer. She was a real beauty. Put her up in the living room, and now she's dead. Okay, and... What, how did that happen? I don't know. You guys sold me a tree, said, oh, Merry Christmas. I went home, put her up, put some lights on her. Week letter, she's brown. Yeah, but I mean, did you uh, did you put water in it? No, I didn't want the tree to grow in my living room. I didn't want it to grow bigger. It's not going to grow bigger, but you have to put water in the, in the stand. If you don't put no water, it's going to dry up on you. I mean, that's just common sense. When I bought the tree, you didn't say anything about water. You said, have a Merry Christmas. Of course I said, have a Merry Christmas. But everybody knows you have to put water in the tree. It was like, how's it going to grow? It has no roots on it. I mean, it was already cut. Don't you ever buy, like, water or flowers for your girlfriend, your wife? And, you know, you got to put water in it. I mean, if you don't do that, it's going to die out. Okay, man, I'll, put, I'll bring the old tree. I'll be there in about 20, get my new tree. I appreciate it. I, I'm glad we made a deal. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I really No, no, I'm headed down. I'm going to come down there. I'll get my new tree. So be ready for me. I'll be the, I'll be wearing a blue hoodie that says, Coach, be ready. Here I come. Let's get that tree. Merry Christmas. Here I come. Yeah. No tree? No tree. Did you call him back and tell him you were kidding? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Good. Yeah, you guys yeah. looking at everybody <laughs> in a coach hoodie? <laughs> uh, there was another story we talked about where Amy said she went to the grocery store and... You had Lunchables, mm-hmm. and they said there's a limit on Lunchables. Mm-hmm. So Lunchbox called. No, I went. I oh, went to the store, and I was just going to – I went to the Lunchable sections, and I got more than two to oh test it out. How many you get? I got five at the first place and four at the second – or okay. three at the second place. Here's uh, the first clip. We got five of them there. That's good, right? Right. Yeah, because I heard that you were only allowed to get two, and I was like, oh, no, someone told me that. That's a rumor? It's a rumor. You're allowed to get as many as you want? Oh, man, see, I thought I was getting tricky here. I thought I was getting away with it. <laughs> So you're telling me there's no no rule against getting more than two Lunchables? Uh, 
I'm telling you, there's no rule. Okay. Someone lied to me then. You can clean out our shelves. So there's no lunchable shortages, right? <laughs> That's what I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to let me buy more than two so I can buy more than two? Yes. All right. Thank you. She Which, thinks you're crazy. She, yeah. she, she thought I was Which special. store did you go to? The grocery store. Okay, but. <laughs> well, here's, another, here's another one. Here you go. I'm, I'm having three Lunchables for dinner. Hey, that's not a bad meal. Yeah, oh, I don't need a bag. So I'm allowed to buy more than two, right? You buy as many as you want. Really? Because <laughs> some, someone told me that there was only a limit two, so I came to find out if that was really true. Like, so you can buy as many Lunchables as you want? I think it depends. Some place, I know during the COVID, like, major time, it was shortage on certain stuff. People buy a lot, but I don't think they're doing that anymore. So you're telling me I can come buy as many Lunchables as I want? Say it. So I can buy as many Lunchables as I want. Thank you. I'm going to take Lunchbox to the store I went to, and he can test it out there. Because I want him to see. I want That's weird, Amy. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of Lunchables. It's such a random thing. Well, yeah, I thought so, too. But I, when I went through, they were like, hey, I mean, she was getting the, 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 the guy sacking the groceries, looked at the cashier and was like, hey, I know it's your first day, but heads up, you're going to get in trouble if you sell more than two Lunchables to people. <laughs> That's what they said. Hey, what, if, what if he sure, was? Hey, Amy. Sure. They yeah, did. sure they what did. if he was pranking her? What if they Amy did? <laughs> they, he did say that. He just that. wanted somebody left. <laughs> it's like the yeah. first day initiation or something. I don't know, guys. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So I have some little facts about Dolly Parton. Okay. Things you maybe didn't know. Well, she grew up really poor. That you may be aware of. But then she went back as an adult and spent a fortune restoring her childhood home. To make it look like it did back in the day. So she jokes that she spent millions making it look like she spent 50 bucks. I think when she was born, they paid her doctor with a sack of flour. Yeah, something like that. That sounds familiar. That's how poor that her family was. Whenever she was delivered, they didn't have money. So mm-hmm. they were like, here's a sack of flour. And the doctor was like, cool. And he made great biscuits from it. And that recipe is Dolly Biscuits. Are you serious? I made that up. Oh, I, I was like, no. wait, I made what? It up. But the sack of flour <laughs> thing's true. <laughs> Sounded good. Yeah, yeah. All right, what else? Her first crush was Johnny Cash. Oh, I bet she could have manifested that later in life into a little smooching if she mm-hmm. wanted to. Years later, she got to know Johnny Cash, uh-huh. and he became someone who was super special and supportive of her career. Dolly has written over 5,000 songs. Wow. wow. And she likes to write her songs the old school way with pen and paper. She tries to write something every few days whenever inspiration strikes. I don't know that I've written 5,000 emails. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> 5,000 songs. All right, what else? And when it comes to music, she's won 10 Grammy Awards. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. So. I think she's going to make it. That's what I take from that. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's got a long career ahead of her. All right. Okay, so I'm going to see if your slang is on point. Okay. All right. On point already sounds weird from you. It, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, on point is one of the slings, and cool. that's to be? Uh, I mean, on? Exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what about salty? Okay, that, like, upset, angry. Like, why are you, yeah. Yeah, bitter, angry. Okay. Look, good. Look at you. Already doing good. Hey. Ghosted. <laughs> Someone just leaves without telling you why. Woke. Uh, Amy, you. Be- okay. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Being alert to certain things, yeah, especially yeah. social injustice. Uh, extra. Be uh, overly. Thirsty. Uh, attention seeking. Savage. Now, people say savage, but they don't. I don't know if they know for sure what it means. Savage garden. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not caring about consequences. Got it. Savage. Got it. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. 
Her name is Tenny Burkett Ivy. She was diagnosed with breast cancer in November 2020, and she thought about not even fighting it because she's 97. Oh, wow, yeah. She was like, I don't know if I want to go through that. And I've had a really full life. But she also couldn't stand the thought of not seeing her last grandchild getting married. Mm -hmm. And her goal was, I got to go to the wedding. She had been to all three weddings for her other grandkids. She was like, so I'm going to do it. She went through surgery. She went through chemo. chemo. She went through radiation. That's a lot. 97. Her body's so frail. And she survived. Wow. She didn't let cancer stop her from attending her grandson's wedding. And now she's cancer free. What? She's healthy. She's 97, so I'm sure she's brittle, but she's healthy as can be. She credits a healthy lifestyle, good diet, and daily exercise with helping her beat cancer. And now she's back to walking one mile every week. Wow. How about that? That's cool. That's a great story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Do you feel like New Year's has a bunch of hype and then way more times than not? It's just meh. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. So if your expectation is a little lower... It's actually a little better. Eddie and I were talking about this. You don't think you've ever had a good New Year's? No. I, I was thinking back. I'm like, when was there a good one? Like, maybe one where I got really drunk, but then I don't even remember that. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, no, there's been no good New Year's Eves ever in my life. But I'm looking forward to this year because what I do, I'm telling you, the last 10 years, what I do is I stay up late. I watch the ball drop in other countries or, you know, in, in New York. And then no one's even up with me. Maybe one or two people because I'm usually at my in-law's house. And so this year, I'm like, this is great. I'm going to watch Bobby on TV all night. Oh, and yeah. Thank you. On your on your CBS thing. And what's cool to me is like, I don't know, when we watch the old one, I don't know who's playing. I don't know these people, these artists, these young kids or whatever. So we don't even know who's on TV. Now I get to be like, yeah, that's my buddy Bobby right there. And tell the whole family. That's Hal Dean. Yeah, he's, he's a friend yeah, of ours. Yeah, and your buddy Luke. And your that's buddy Luke Darius. right there, man. Yeah. Luke came in the other day, told us this story. And people are going to think, I'm so cool this year. And maybe I do like a little thing like, Eddie. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Can I text you? Are you going to be live? Can I text you and be like, hey, dude, rub your nose right now? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Ray did that when I was hosting the talk. He was like, what what word did you tell me to say? Uh, Chugi was one of them, but I said something like uh, clamp. What is it called? Clap back? Oh, clap Clap back. back. And you did it. So I'm in this weird place because I get to do this cool stuff now, but I'm also still the same idiot. Like I'm not any cooler (laughs) than I ever was. I've just been working and slowly like building up. So, yeah, text me during the show. That's what I'm talking about. I'll do a little something. Okay. I might even do a little video so where I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to ask Bobby to do this, and then you do it. That's what Ray did. That's what he did on yeah. TikTok? Yeah. Okay. No, he did it on uh, Instagram story. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you guys watch on CBS. It'll be awesome, and it'll be cold. I got a brand new one of those long peacoats. I'm pretty excited to debut. Oh, you're going to look fancy. Yeah, you, oh, you decided to go peacoat? I didn't, I have to go peacoat, I think. Oh, okay. It's really cold, and I have to also look like it's New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to wear a tuxedo because yeah. we're in Nashville. I'm just not a tuxedo guy. So I have a, a peacoat I'm going to debut. I have two of them that I'm kind of weighing between, but I think I'm really leaning toward one. So New Year's Eve, CBS. Hope you guys will watch the show. Uh, over to Amy now. The Morning Corny. What did Adam say the day before Christmas? What did Adam say... The day before Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's pretty good. I knew it had something to do with Eve. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That was the morning corny. So, Amy, what comes to mind when someone says dad rock? Like classic rock? Oh, dad rock? Mm-hmm. Uh, wanna rock and roll all Okay, night. kiss. Yeah. That's and classic. Every day. No, I'm just asking, does dad rock feel classic rock? 
to you. For See, sure. Yeah, for me. I would think Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, hair bands. That's 80s. That's not even that. I mean, that's that's a whole different. That's Poison, Warrant. Even that's fine, right? Okay. But they've put out uh, Dad Rock. Now, that's what I call Dad Rock. Stacy's mom from Fountains of Wayne. Oh, How to Save a Life from the Fray. Great song. I guess we just feel like we're not as old as we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we used to play this song all the But that doesn't the time. even feel like that long ago. 2005? Yeah. Man. How to Save a Life. The only band I've ever seen finish a set. The crowd's still chanting, Fray, Fray, Fray. They get together in a group and they decide together they don't want to do an encore and walk up back into the dressing room. Mm-hmm. They like had a minute to go, do we want to do an encore or not? And they're like, now nah, we're good. And then they left. So they left wow. it open and they chose not to. Um, one of the Frey guys lives here in town now. Really? The guitarist. Yeah. Not the bald guy. Who's the only guy I know? Yeah, the singer. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Brightside for the Killers. Dad Rock. Man, I love the Killers. Blink-182, All the Small Things. Nickelback rock star. But I mean, these ver- these, these songs in these years probably are current to us, but Morgan number two probably looks at them as older, older songs, right? Yeah, I mean, I listened to these songs when I was in middle school. Okay. Yeah, so, she was in middle school. So did your dad, though. Like, what kind of music does your dad like? Well, he listened to country music, so he's like Brooks and Dunn and Reba and Garth Brooks. That was his vibe. Well, that's what I call dad rock is available now. Yeah, because all those people, they're, they're, having they're all kids. Dad now, dads yes. now. Like, look. Unfortunately. Eddie's a dad. I mean, it's Lunch just the, the math is right, dude. They're at the age where they're having kids, and it is what it is. We just get older. Classic rock has Nirvana on it now. The stations. <laughs> That's crazy. Boom Fighters. Pearl Jam. Yeah, make you sad. We're about to talk to Stephen A. Smith. He is a television personality, sports radio host, sports journalist. He's on ESPN's First Take. He's I mean, all over the place. If you love basketball, you love Stephen A. Smith. If you love sports, you see Stephen A. Smith. He also hosts the Stephen A. Smith Show on ESPN Radio. So, uh, pretty cool. I'm a big sports guy, but he's in a movie called Rumble on Paramount Plus, where he plays a version of himself. It's a cartoon character that's commentating monster wrestling, and so he's agreed to come on the show and talk about that. So, Eddie's got a Cowboys hat on, by the way, and Stephen A. Smith hates the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we'll let you get in your question at the end about that's that. That's what I'm too. talking about. All right, here we go. Stephen A. Smith is on right now. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen, how are you? How are you doing? How's everything? Hey, everything is good. I now you're not only the you know king of sports, but you're a, a voice in a, a cartoon. How does this happen? They came to me and asked me to do it, man. I've got two daughters, and I've always wanted the one thing I've always wanted them to see, or to at least hear, was to hear me in animation. Uh, because obviously, growing up, they were watching a lot of animation and stuff like that. So it was really, really good. Um, just to do that, and I was happy to do it and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to watching it with them uh, probably today. Uh, I'm sorry, tomorrow, actually. Yeah, today, yeah. You play yourself in, in Rumble. What direction, though, do they give you as somebody who talks for a living and you're playing yourself? Like, what are they telling you? And I'm not, I'm, my character's name is Mark Remy. I'm not playing myself, but you might as well say I am because it's, you know, I'm a sports announcer and what have you. And so, you know, I'm critiquing, you know, monster wrestling and stuff like that, you know, ringside and things of that nature. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, again, it's action packed and what have you. And so I just enjoy it, man. And I've always enjoyed animation and, you know, that opportunity to do that was a great opportunity for me. But then to do something that I'm very, very familiar with did make it a lot easier. Uh, but that doesn't mean it 
was totally easy because you're doing voiceover. It doesn't have the visual attached to it. And you're in a room alone, according to uh, you recording these lines and stuff like that. So your presentation, the animated and demonstrative way in which you might deliver things, acting as if you're at ringside and feeling the moment I had to sort of conjure up all those experiences that were very, very familiar with me to make sure I projected properly. So it ended up working out well. You talk about your kids and, you know, they think this is cool, but you're such a star in the, the sports world. Do they think that's cool at all? Or is that just what dad does? They hate it. They, <laughs> uh, because they see people coming up to me all the time asking for autographs or asking for pictures. And my daughters are incredibly, incredibly territorial. So, you know, their attitude is why are they bothering us? You know, they're not, they could care less if it inconveniences their dad. You know, who are you? Why do they, I mean, why do they ask you for pictures and autographs? My goodness, you're you're just dad. Who are you? That's how they treat me, you know? And so, you know, when they see everybody else loving on me, you know, they cringe their face up, like acting as if they don't know why but then they get territorial and it's like I'm I'm theirs. I belong to them. They don't want anybody interrupting them. Stephen A. Smith in Rumble streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah. Do you have 24-hour security with you when you're out because you have so many opinions and you're worried that someone may take one of those opinions the wrong way? Um, I don't have 24-hour security. I go, I have security with me a lot when I'm going to be at events because it's massive, massive crowds uh, at, at, at particular events that I go to. So I always have security with me when I'm there. But um, I don't want to say that it's the smartest thing in the world or whatever, but I don't live my life uh, being fearful of a lot of things. There are times where I'm not with security or what have you. There are times where ESPN or, you know, you know, they've assigned security to me and I'll tell them to lay back, you know, follow me, but don't be right next to me. Don't be having me walking around. Like, you know, I've got bodyguards with me 24 seven because I just don't like that kind of feel and that kind of look. And I'm, to be quite honest with you, I'm from the streets. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from the streets of New York City. I'm incredibly streetwise. Um, I have a sense and an eye for trouble. I sort of have that third eye. You know when it's going on and stuff like that. That doesn't mean anybody can't get had. Uh, if somebody really, really wants to harm you, really, really bad, they can get you no matter what, and we all understand that. Uh, but I'm a guy that, you know, I don't feel like. I, I do things that conjures that up, not to say that that wouldn't that it still wouldn't provoke people just based on the things that I say. But I address what people do, not who they are. I try not to engage in character assassination and I don't live myself. I don't live my life in a lot of fear. And if trouble comes my way, I'm usually ready for it. But I <laughs> that, that doesn't happen over the years. Have you lost friendships with athletes due to your uh, your criticisms about their games? I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, but about two or three guys, sure. Um, and that's the way it goes. And, and to be quite honest with you, I usually don't consider them friends until they retire. Um, when, when they're playing, I have a job to do and I make it very, very clear. And in cultivating a relationship, I'm not trying to establish a friendship. What I'm trying to establish is a healthy relationship that says, listen, when it comes to your personal life, stay out of the police blotters and it's your story to tell. If you're in the police blotters, it's my story to tell. When you're on the court or field of play, that's my story to tell. Because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing it for myself. And I know what the fans and everybody else and my obligation 
is to my viewing audience, my listening audience, people that read some, something that I write, et cetera, et cetera, over the years. My obligation is not to be friendly with you. I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to engage in personal attacks. And I'm certainly not going to tell your personal business. But how you perform is what you do in a public forum. And that is my domain. And if you play like garbage, I am going to say <laughs> It is going to be and 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 whatever comes of it comes of it. Have you always been just a naturally energetic guy? Because, again, it seems like you work from morning until evening and you always have so much energy. Is that, you know, uh, energy drink? Is it forced? Uh, Is it just you always having this, you know, this level of intensity? always been that way, but I think it really emanates from the passion that I have, Bobby, from the standpoint that for me, it's loving what you do. Like I love covering sports. I don't want to be limited to that. I have aspirations to be a late night television host. That's why everybody saw me host Jimmy Kimmel last August 23rd. I have aspirations to do that. I have an aspirations to develop my own production company and produce content on television or or on film, movie theaters and what have you. Um, I definitely have aspirations that expand beyond sports. Uh, But the bottom line is, I love watching sports. I love talking about sports. And so that's very, very real. And because of that, because I have a passion for it, I never really feel like I'm working. There are times that I'm sleepy. There are times that I'm tired because I'm a human being. Uh, But I'm never tired of doing what I do. Rumble. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, It's an animated sports comedy film where basically you're not playing yourself, but you're playing the closest thing to yourself while playing a character, right? Because you get to you get to commentate and and do what you do so wonderfully. Uh, So I hope everybody checks it out on Paramount Plus. Eddie, our our producer, does have a question for you. Yes. Um, Go ahead. And and Stephen, I do. uh, um, I respect your opinion. Oh, he's got something to say. Why are you wearing that Cowboys hat? That's my question. So, Stephen, let me ask you. I respect your opinions and your takes. So I'm going to ask you this at the risk of being hurt. But. Please yeah. tell me, do you think the Cowboys will win the Super Bowl this year? Hell no. <laughs> I will I will say this. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, Eddie, I gotta confess, they are legit. Uh they're a big time football team. And I, I and and believe it or not, it's actually I mean, I have fun with it. Like, you know, I get around Cowboy fans, particularly when I go to Dallas and stuff like that. And they know they 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 ride me big time and stuff like that, but they know it's all fun. It's like a love-hate relationship, but it's 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 based all in fun. Growing up in New York, seeing the star in the helmet, loving the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, but hating the fact that everybody raved about the Cowboys. I rooted for them to lose because I couldn't stand Cowboy fans. Like I happen I happen to love Troy. Aikman and Emmett Smith and and Michael Irvin, of course, and primetime Deion Sanders. I remember, you know, Moose Johnson, Daryl Johnson, all of these other guys. I remember the Ed Tutal Jones, the Roger Starbucks, Danny Whites of the world, Drew Pearsons. The list goes on and on and on. And, and, And just growing up, I've never hated the Cowboys until I started to despise their fans. I think that their fans, Cowboy fans, are the most disgusting, nauseating fan base <laughs> in the history. I really do. And, and the reason I say that is because y'all could go 1-15, you can lose, and your season can end on January 5th at 7 p.m. And by 7-15, y'all like, you know we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? <laughs> And so that's all I mean by that. It's like, but Cowboy fans know it's all fun. I just have fun with them in the whole bit. And I, I, I'm going to ride until the cows come home when it comes to them losing. But when they win, I know they're going to get at me. Do you know when I covered the, um, 
Rams and the Cowboys in the playoffs when the Rams beat them. They put me up on the big jumbotron, the big screen at the stadium. Um, when I was there, I was a suite away. I was a suite next door to LeBron James. And they put me up instead of him. And they put me up on the and you talk, this is when they were at the LA Coliseum instead of SoFi. This is like two, three years ago. And I'm talking about those fans booed the living hell out of me. They <laughs> saw me. Oh, they were going crazy. Boo. And I loved every moment of it. I couldn't have been more pleased. I was so pleased that when the Cowboys lost that game, I knew everybody would be downtown at the JW Marriott. Do you know what I did? I went there and got a seat at the restaurant, the open restaurant in the lobby of the JW Marriott. And when Cowboy fans came walking in, I walked up and greeted and offered to take pictures with everybody that came in. (laughs) I've never seen Cowboy fans run from me in my life. They all ran. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to take pictures. And I was like, come on, guys, you don't want to take a picture with me? Come on. Come on, fellas, take a picture. Because I was torturing every one of them that walked through that door. And I loved every moment of it. It really Really made me happy. Stephen A. Smith in Rumble on Paramount and in a world where monster wrestling is a global sport and monsters are superstar athletes. Teenage Winnie seeks to follow in her father's footsteps by coaching a lovable underdog monster into a champion. And uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith, we appreciate you. I don't know to call you Stephen or Stephen A. or Stephen <laughs> Smith, but but regardless. Uh, fine. Stephen A. is fine. And thank you for having me. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate talking to you. Uh, good luck. And I hope the movie does wonderfully. And maybe we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Take care. See you later. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Witnesses in Florida saw something really, really cool. There was a rainstorm, and an older lady coming from the grocery store was in an electric scooter, and she got stuck in the storm, oh, and no. the scooter broke down with all her groceries. Oh, no. And out of nowhere, these four guys, I guess they're walking from work. They see her. They get her groceries. One carries the older lady, and the other two pick up the scooter and get her out of the rainstorm. And so the people that saw this are like, oh, my gosh, these are some amazing men. We want to just highlight them. Dang, I relate. My Jeep once got we got stuck in the rain. And then who came to save you? Nobody. Oh. <laughs> you needed these four dudes to come. That's save awesome you. for those guys. Yeah, it's really. And cool. that stinks for her too. I know the helpless feeling of like. And then your dies. scooter dies. Even if it's raining and you're still rolling your scooter, yeah. you're getting wet. Yeah. Then your scooter dies. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 That's what it's all about. That was tell me something good. Thank you guys for hanging out. We'll do the news, but a special kind of year-end news. Bobby's Big Stories. Amy, what do you think the biggest story of 2021 was? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, something. uh, Well, is the coronavirus in there? COVID is number one. Yeah. Yeah. Funny you call it coronavirus. Well, I mean, I do do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number one story (laughs) for the second year in a row was COVID. And COVID stands for what? COVID-19. No, what's it, yeah, what's it stand oh. for? Corona. We've talked about this. Corona virus disease. Oh, there you wow. go. COVID. Co- COVID. Corona. Vi. Virus. De- disease. disease. And it came, and it first showed its head in 2019, COVID-19. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, the Miami building collapse happened this year. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Nearly 100 people died in Miami on June 24th after a condo building partially collapsed. Really, really tragic. Uh, Gabby Petito was the third biggest story of the year. Wow. Which I think now, too, that documentary is on Peacock. Yeah. It's, I don't know that I'm going to dabble with that. 
But I think if I was someone who liked the murder mystery type stuff, I would. But that's just not me. But that is on Peacock. Amy, who won the World Series this year? Oh, it was a really big deal because they haven't done a long time. And Georgia, Atlanta, the Braves. Nice job. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Like Impressive. country artists mm-hmm. that were posting about it. Yeah. <laughs> who won the Super Bowl? Now, this happened, you know, back in February. Yeah. The uh, Buccaneers. That's true. That's right. Good. Yeah. Tom Brady. Good job. Shout out. Uh, yeah. The parade attack. Six people were killed and 62 others injured when a driver plowed. And this is uh, pretty recent. November 21st. Yeah. In Wisconsin. Crazy. Do you remember that? The one that just happened? Yeah. Yes, I remember. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these stories are awful. They're awful. Except for the people winning sports. Like, that's what generates clicks. Sports championships and awful stories. The Michigan school shooting, which Ugh. just happened. Yeah. Uh, some of the other big headlines. Hurricane Ida made landfall in Louisiana. Here's one that wasn't terrible. The civilian space travel became a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. First with Richard Branson and then Jeff Bezos, who goes up like every Tuesday at 3 p.m., <laughs> seems like. Uh, Ten people died and more than 300 were injured at the Travis Scott Astro World Festival. Ugh. What is, in your mind, the biggest thing that happened in well, 2020? Not news, just in general. Oh, like in my life? or In your life, news. in your circle? Like, what, what has happened? Let's take out COVID. <laughs> okay. Because I go wedding for mine. Yeah. Huge. That could even be yours if you want to. I was like, okay, Bobby got married, which is huge. Um, yeah, no, I have some big ones, but... Wow. Yeah, no, you're you getting married. <laughs> That's a lot in there, I mean. Eddie, you? Yeah. Oh, adopting my kids. Like, yeah. that was huge in my life. Yeah. Mine's that, too. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Good job, Eddie. Uh, lunchbox? Oh, having my third kid. Biggest thing on this planet. Yeah. yeah. I know, we forgot about that. Amy's but. hopping on all the Morgan? Uh, getting my boyfriend. Falling in love, you should say. Okay, yes. Oh, do you say that? Falling in love? I, yeah, we can say falling in love. Are you still in love? Yes. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? Um, seven, eight months. Eight oh, months. wow. Nice. <laughs> Raymundo, biggest thing of the year. All my friends getting married. Best friend, Billy, you, Mike D. Wow. Rap. Yeah, Mike D, married. Yeah. How many bachelor parties did you go on? Uh, just Billy's and it was here. So I didn't try. Yeah, it was legit. It was a great you year. You went to Bobby's, you, you dumb. And we did that, but it was pretty low key. So uh, <laughs> low key, we got an what? entire. Yeah, what are you talking about? Arkansas Razorback gym. Honestly, if pictures are not taken, it wasn't in my year in review because we couldn't take pictures. So, I mean, sometimes it just goes out of the memory. Pictures were taken. They were, but I wasn't allowed to post anything. So oh. if you can't post it, it didn't oh happen. Pretty much. Wow. Wow. Ray's mind is warped. Yeah, man. Mike D, yours is your wedding, I'm assuming. Yeah, getting married. He's yeah. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, Scuba Steve? I'd have to say either, I'd say watch my daughter growing up or the producer's dinner we had. That was pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> that, wow. that was the highlight of your year. You That's need to get funny. out more, yeah. man. He works a lot, guys. <laughs> well, to uh, bigger and better things in 2022. Yeah. All right. All right. That's the news. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Hey, Scuba Steve, we come to the microphone for a second? Yeah, what's up? Scuba Steve's our executive producer. Do you remember the, like the last week of high school? Back oh, yeah. In, back in the day, and you'd be like, this sucks. I'm ready to graduate. I'm out. I'll just see you next year. Are you suffering from that right now? <laughs> it does feel like high school all over again. That senior year, you're almost done. You're ready to just get the heck out of here. Yeah, I, I feel those vibes. 
I asked because Eddie brought it up. He's okay. over it. I mean, St- Steve's over it. Like, Scuba, you ask him anything, he says, I don't care. Do whatever you want. I'm like, what? This is not Scuba. I think we called it senioritis. Yeah. Senioritis. Yeah, yeah. I dealt with some crap this week, and then it kept me here one night till almost 1 a.m. dealing with something I shouldn't what? be dealing with. Yeah. <clears throat> till 1 a.m.? Till 1 a.m. dealing with something that I shouldn't. Ray, I, I was here. This is, this is how. This is so great. So I finally got to see Ray's routine. <laughs> so I'm sitting here working on something. It's almost close to midnight. And I hear, Coach, what are you doing here? <laughs> and it's Ray coming in. And so Ray comes in at that time. And he, like, sets his bag down, takes his shoes off. He goes, hey, I'm going to go over here and take a nap on the couch. I'm going to close this door. So Ray goes to sleep on the couch, and I'm over here working. It was kind of weird but cool to see that that side of Ray. So you were up here for almost 24 hours? Almost 24 hours, yeah. Do I know why? I think you have an idea why. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, because of all the extra hours, that's why we got you what we got you for Christmas. Yes, that was really cool. Thank you much. So I really you, appreciate what, that. What, what, what would you get him? Well, is it, that's up to him if he wants to share. An yeah. Oculus 2. Yeah, I got him an <laughs> Oculus 3. I got him an Oculus 3. I went, Scuba, wow. really? What did you get, man? <laughs> I'm not telling you. It's between me and Bobby. So wow. what in the world? What? He's not the only one that puts in hours. Just saying. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, dude. Here we, go. we don't see you at all during those hours. <laughs> Here we go. There's a three? No, there's not an no, Oculus 3. I was just making a joke. Oh, okay. By the way, they got me an Oculus 2 for Christmas on Friday's show. You, so, but after today, you're breaking it. I'm going to be here tomorrow, and then I am breaking it. Then I'm out. Um, so today, there'll be a new podcast of this show. Also, Morgan number 2 said that even though we're off for the holidays, she did record three new Best Bits podcasts with Mike D, Eddie, and Lunchbox, right? I did. The, we got a Mike D one up, and that was like the last Best Bits. And then I did a Best Challenges one with Lunchbox and Best Bits of the Year with Eddie. So there will be some new content. Because it's not just about the bits. There's a lot of talking that happens with Morgan and the members of the show behind yeah. the scenes stuff. So check the Bobby Bone Show feed. Um, Can Scuba say why he was here till one? I don't think he wants to on the air. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just still so curious. I don't know why. You're more interested in that than the gift? Yes. Oh. Uh, Abby, let me bring you in for a second. Abby, our phone screener. You have gifts from Dustin at American Jewelry for oh, yeah. people on the show? For the for uh, Morgan and Amy. Well, oh. He gave, girls. like, yeah, they made, uh, like, personal... Um, Diamonds? Well, I don't want to say, but... Should I give them? You can say what they are. Unless, oh, they're, they're necklaces, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really nice. Like, you just want to get them, you know, for Christmas. So, so okay. shout out to Jeweler Dustin, American I Jewelry. Know. And he helped Abby with a big prank this year, one of the best bits of the year. He was the actor, right? Did that make the best bits of the year? Abby's prank? Yeah, well, the in- whole encompassing of the Crater of Diamonds yeah. State Park <laughs> made it, yes. Nice. All right, all right. I think that's pretty good. I got all this stuff checked off. I just want to make sure we get everything. And I'll end with this for this segment. Is this childish or is it a cool way to go out? There's a guy who quits Target... In a curse-filled rant on the loudspeaker. Now, we did beep. The beep, you kind of lose a little effect, but here you go. Attention, target guests. The time is now 9-whatever, and I quit. I'm quitting this job. that Jessica on her email. And know that no lib Linda who said he harassing the style team daily, which is why we call her that Karen Lucifer Linda. And your mannequins look like And Mary Zolig because she's a boss and doesn't give a about her employees. I quit. Now go write an email about that. No. If I heard, if I heard that after if say you applied for a job with me and then I went and heard that or saw that I'd be like I'm not hiring this person. Yeah, of course. No. It's funny because we're playing it and we're like aha. But if this person wanted a job with me, no chance. Because mm-hmm. if you can do that to them, 
He'll do he that to, to me. you, yeah. The way to do it is like, hey, I, this is not a good environment for me. It's toxic for me. I do not like the people I'm working with. I'm out. And then you quit, You would say that on the loudspeaker? No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't get on the loudspeaker. Um, okay, there you go. We're moments away from having Dr. Francis S. Collins on. He is the director of the National Institutes of Health. And just let me give you some, because I don't want to get him on and read his resume to him. But he is an MD, a PhD. Uh, he is was sworn in in 2009. He has served under multiple presidents. He is the only presidentially appointed NIH director to serve more than one administration. He is a physician geneticist noted for his discoveries of disease genes. I mean, I could go on and on. This is a real, possibly the smartest guy I've ever had on the show. Yeah. And he answers our dumb guy questions <laughs> in a way that doesn't make us feel so dumb. But I do want to ask, and you guys can have your questions too. I do want to ask, I got to get the booster probably today. I want to ask about that. But I also want to ask about some stuff that's more than just COVID toward the end of the interview. So let's talk to Dr. Francis S. Collins. Uh, the Bobby Bones Show. It is always a treat. We'll, we'll say now he's a returning guest because he is. He's one of our favorite guests. Dr. Francis S. Collins, director of the National Institutes of Health, is on with us. Love when you're on. Let's Woo! welcome everybody. Dr. Collins, how are you? Oh, that's so nice to be welcomed <laughs> that way. I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. You're like the smartest guy we talk to. So we appreciate <laughs> the fact that you'll give us a few minutes because, first of all, I have so many questions. Are you ready for them? Yeah, go ahead. Hit me. Okay, so I'm going to get the booster maybe today. So good. do I... Should I, when I get this booster, should I expect to be more sick than before, less sick than before, or do we just not know? It's a little unpredictable. It does seem that it's a similar kind of reaction uh, for most people from the booster to maybe what you had with your second dose if you had Pfizer or Moderna, but sometimes it's a little easier, sometimes not so much. I think you'll be fine. Uh, you might be a little chilly, might be a little fatigued, uh, but 24, 36 hours later, you'll be back to normal and ready to go. And you'll be very well protected against this doggone virus. So I had Pfizer. Do I need to go get a Pfizer booster or what's that situation? Yeah, ideally, you kind of stick with the one you went to the dance with. So uh, get a Pfizer booster. But if for some reason they don't happen to have that, the Moderna booster will be fine for you as well. And a J&J &J wouldn't be bad either. But most people are kind of sticking with the same thing. Yeah, I'm going to I'm not, not get that J&J. &J. I'm going to be honest with you, Dr. <laughs> Collins. I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hold out till I get another one. Um, we heard a story about a guy who received 10 vaccinations in one day because Whoa. he was doing that. He was using other people's names. They were paying him. And so he'd get a vaccination and then give them the card. Now, that's shady and we shouldn't do that. But I wonder what would happen to him when he gets 10 vaccinations at one time? Well, that's called an overdose. Um, you know, he probably had a pretty impressive uh, 24, 48 hours of a reaction to that. His immune system must have gone like, whoa, we just got hit with way too much stuff here. Not recommended at all. There's a reason why we choose the doses of things and not just drugs, but also vaccines. So yeah, not a good idea. Probably he's okay, but I would certainly not have recommended that behavior. Is it too late to get the flu shot right now? No, it is not. In fact, you can get the flu shot at the same time you get your booster, you know, one in each arm or maybe both in one arm because there's no reason not to do them together and kind of take care of it while you're there. Candidly, I wear masks when people say wear a mask. But at this point, I've, been, I've got my vaccines. I feel good. I put the mask on for places I must have a mask. But I don't like wearing masks. I don't think anyone likes to wear masks. How long is this going to be a thing, though? 
You know, it's hard to say because of this doggone Omicron variant that is now coming to the forefront and is clearly very contagious, probably more so than Delta, which is what we've been dealing with for the past several months. And if that's the case, and if it's capable of making somebody infectious, even with no symptoms, even who if they've been vaccinated, then the mask is still the best idea to protect other people from you in case you happen to be carrying it. So I'm sick of it, too. But I'm going to say we should still all be wearing masks when we're indoors around other people who may or may not be vaccinated, not necessarily to protect ourselves as much as to protect them. This is a love your neighbor kind of thing. What about airplanes? Like it's diff. I just got off a five and a half hour flight and you had to wear, have to wear a mask the whole time. And I do. And I'm not anti-mask. I just don't like to wear masks. And so when when will that stop? Not anytime soon, especially with Omicron, because we know how infectious that can be. So we've just extended that requirement for masks for airplanes and trains for a while longer as a way of keeping people safe. They're working, by the way. There are very few examples where people got infected on a plane. It's probably one of the safest places to be, but it's because people are wearing masks. So, yeah, I'm sorry. We still have to make a little sacrifice here. I know it's unpleasant. But if you wrote me a note, right, and I had a note from Dr. Francis S. Collins, the director of National Institutes of Health. And it said, Bobby does not have to wear a mask on an airplane. And I showed that to the pilot and the, the flight attendant. You think they'd let me off? No. <laughs> say, oh, that's got to be bogus. We were paying attention to the news. He wouldn't say that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, I get a lot of questions from listeners about being pregnant or thinking of uh, having a baby. Is it okay for someone who is pregnant or planning to have a kid soon to, one, have we found out any new information about the vaccine period and then especially when it comes to the booster. You know, we have more information, and every time we get more information, it's more encouraging that this is absolutely safe. All of those rumors that were out there that the vaccines were going to cause infertility simply have absolutely no evidence to back them up. And in pregnancy, what we have learned is if you're pregnant and you're not vaccinated and you get sick, you can get very sick. You can even lose the baby as a result of being very sick. So if anybody particularly wants to, I think, get vaccinated to help themselves and their baby, it's pregnant women. We have lots of evidence now that that's by far the best thing you can do. And that applies to boosters, too. I'm not a needle guy. I don't know many people that are, but I really struggle with getting any sort of shot at all. And so what's the difference in just a general shot and getting one in your arm versus getting one in your hip or your butt? <laughs> well, the idea is you want to get it into a muscle and the easiest muscle to get to without making you disrobe in an embarrassing way is your shoulder. So that's why we do it there. I don't know whether there's been any specific experiments with these vaccines in your butt, but they would probably work there. It's just most people would just as soon not have to do that kind of mooning in order to get, in order to get immunized. Okay, that makes sense. I just didn't know if the butt was like a better, but it's just, it's vanity. People are so vain, they don't want to show their butt. <laughs> I, I totally approve of that kind of vanity, by the way. You know, I've heard of a lot of people who have had COVID and, and they don't get vaccinated because of natural immunity. What are your thoughts on that line of thinking? Well, it's a really important question. Natural immunity, that is what you get from having had COVID, does provide you with some protection against getting reinfected. But we have a lot of data on that now. And it turns out natural immunity is only so good, and it may not be much good at all against Omicron. 
Whereas the vaccines on top of that natural immunity give you a whole lot more protection. So even if you've had COVID, if you want to not get it again, get the vaccine, get the booster, get everything you can get to get your immune system revved up and ready to take on that virus if it comes back again. You know, Dr. Collins, we were talking about uh, your book, and it's called The Language of God. And, you know, someone who takes from faith and science. And can you kind of, you know, it's going to be difficult to paraphrase the whole book, but can you tell me what this book is about and how you took from both to actually present this? I'll try. Uh, Yeah, I'm a person of faith, although I didn't grow up that way. I became a believer in my 20s as part of my experience uh, in medical training. And people thought, well, you're in trouble because you also are interested in science and those things won't get along. It's not been a problem, not even once. I think of science as the way to explore God's creation, which is nature. But science falls short in trying to answer other questions about God, like, well, is God there? And how did this all happen? And why am I here? And I think it's great to be able to ask all those questions and depend on science for the ones about nature and on faith about the ones about meaning. I don't see any conflict between those as long as you're careful about what kind of question you're asking and as long as you don't ask the Bible to turn into a science textbook, which it was never intended to be. One of my final questions to you is, why are you retiring? Because we we like having you. We like asking you questions that we people would think we were dumb for asking, but we don't feel dumb asking you these questions. Like, why are you retiring? Well, Bobby, it's been 12 years that I have been leading the National Institutes of Health. It is an incredibly intense and exhausting job, but it also is a job that needs new vision now and then. No other NIH director had ever hung around this long. I am way past my shelf life. And I'm also interested in going back to my lab, which I've been running for the last 28 years, but not paying as much attention to as I might. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not retiring. I'm not going to go play golf, but I'm going to be deeply engaged in research on diabetes and aging and see what we can learn in a hurry here that might help people. Aging. See, that's what I need info on. I'm 41 now, and I'd like to go backward. Like, what, what, what can I do? Because I want to, de- I want to go Benjamin Buttons here. Well, you can certainly do all the things uh, that we all recommend to keep yourself healthy. Don't smoke, exercise, eat a decent diet, get some sleep now and then. I'm talking to myself here. I wasn't very good at that one. Uh, Figure out a way to reduce your stress with things like getting involved in spiritual practices, meditation, music is a great way as well. That's one of my favorites. Do all those things. But another thing we're working on, Bobby, and you should watch this, and maybe you should join it, is a program called All of Us which enables a million people to be part of our efforts to figure out how do you stay healthy? How do you fight off disease? So go to allofus.org and see if you'd like to join those million people who are going to help us get answers to your question about how do you stay healthy at age 41. Dr. Francis S. Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health, is on with us. It is always an honor to talk to you. If you don't mind, I have a couple really dumb guy questions to ask. That if anyone would know the answer, you would. But how come every year I still get the, a cold? Like, how, how have we not stamped out the cold yet? Well, isn't this ironic? You know what causes the common cold? There's a few viruses, but the main one is a, guess what? Wait for it, a coronavirus. It's in the same family as COVID-19. So if we come up with a really good vaccine that gets all coronaviruses, we might just by accident cure the common cold at the same time. So you might still have some chance of getting away from that. Wouldn't that be wild if the common cold is cured because of oh, yeah. this? It'd be awesome. Yeah. This is your opportunity. Anyone have any dumb, dumb person questions they want to ask our favorite, smartest guest of all time around the room? 
I had one that popped into my head, but Go I don't ahead. know if it's, I don't know. This is just from a, speaking of aging and different things. My girlfriends and I were sitting around the other day talking about Botox. And I just was curious your take on that and it being a poison to your body. And I know so many women or and men get it. So I'm just curious your thoughts on it. <laughs> well, do people remember where Botox came from? No. <laughs> it comes from botulinum. It's a poison, which if you accidentally get too much of it, stops you breathing. It basically paralyzes muscles. Now that's good for cosmetic purposes. If you would like to have the wrinkles in your forehead relaxed, I wouldn't mind that actually, but I haven't taken advantage of it. It actually can help also people who have forms of paralysis that involve some spasticity. Botox can relax those spastic muscles. So it does have valid medical applications. I don't think there's any harm in it other than maybe to your wallet. <laughs> Because a lot of these cost a lot of money. How do you feel about that answer? I I I feel good about it. I just <laughs> was wondering. If, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just something that a lot of women think about when you hear it's poison. You're like, oh shoot. But yeah, lunchbox. Uh, I always put my kids to bed with wet hair, and my wife says you're going to give them a cold because they have wet hair when they go to bed. Is that really true? Do they get sick because they have wet hair when they go to sleep? No, probably not. You can tell your wife it's okay. It's not going to hurt. You know, what causes a cold? It's a virus. So having your hair wet is not going to make a virus suddenly appear out of nowhere. This goes back a long way. You know, a cold draft. Oh, now I'm going to get sick because that cold wind blew on me. Not really, unless that cold wind actually was carrying some viruses right into your nose. Colds, they're a viral disease, so you've got to do all the things you can to avoid that, like washing your hands. Uh, but otherwise, mm, wet hair, cold drafts, not so much. Dr. Collins, mm. let me say, first of all, congratulations. I know you're not quitting working, but you are moving on from this position. I know you say 12 years, I believe is what you said, but I know the last couple had to feel like 50 years because yeah. you know, hopping into this position, you just don't expect a worldwide pandemic to happen. So let me commend you for for what you've done and what you provided not only to us here on the show, but for our country um, as a whole, because, you know, we need leaders like you. I'm, I'm sad to see you moving on, but for you to say you need new leadership, you know, I'm scared because I like your leadership. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you, Dr. Collins. But uh, thank you for, for what you've done for us as a show and as a country. Oh, thank you. You're very gracious indeed. It's been great talking to you. And even when I'm not the NIH director, I might be willing to come back and talk about almost anything. You guys are fun. Well, you know, we got some really <laughs> dumb questions that, that yeah. we're serious about. And so, and you answer them and you don't make us feel seven like we should. So Dr. <laughs> Collins, thank you. And I hope you have a great, great Merry Christmas. Okay. And same to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Bye, Dr. Collins. Bye, y'all. I said a great Merry Christmas, you know? Probably one of the clunkier ways I've ever sent a guest out. That's a great, I hope you have a great Merry Christmas. Uh, Dr. Collins, always awesome here on the show. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from England. A woman was in an Aldi supermarket. She was looking for a particular type of alcohol and she couldn't find it. So she takes one bottle off the shelf, smashes it. Takes another one, boom, smashes it. She ends up smashing 500 bottles of alcohol. They couldn't stop her? They had to call police because she was smashing them, and the employer's like, ah, and she was falling in the liquid that was all over. She cut herself on the arm. Oh, man. And they believe that alcohol, alcohol was, was involved. involved. Yeah. yeah. In her. Not in her. In her. In her. On her. <laughs> yeah. $130,000 worth of damage. Dang. I guess you can't tackle her. Right, because there's glass. If you're just an employee, I wouldn't. So I was still in Hobby Lobby, and I thought maybe they were... 
Good luck. Yeah. I mean, if you work there, you start filming her, right? Like, oh, this is awesome. Back in the day, I didn't because we didn't have that. T- right. I was working at Hobby Lobby. But yeah, pro- uh, maybe. You may get in trouble for that, too. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. The Bobby Bone Show. All right, that's that on that. Thank you guys for hanging out today. Don't forget New Year's Eve night, the 31st on CBS. I will be hosting uh, CBS Nashville's New Year's Big Bash. I'm not saying that exactly right, but there's a lot of words. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. But CBS, New Year's Eve night, please watch. All all your favorite artists I'm hosting. Uh, Hopefully it'll be awesome because I have a good feeling it will be. You guys have a good one. We'll see you soon. Bobby Bones. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.